Welcome to the Forward Thinking Podcast. I'm your host, Jermaine Pugh. Uh, since this is my first episode and I'm a virtually an unknown, I want to spend this time just to give you guys an idea about who I am and what you can expect from this podcast. Uh, I came up with the podcast a couple of weeks ago. Actually, it's been a little bit longer than that. Uh, it's probably been over a year in the making, and a couple of weeks ago, I just decided just to go for it. Uh, but the goal of the Forward Thinking Podcast is just to give black men a, a, a voice. A lot of different negative stereotypes in the world when it comes to black men. Uh, it's being thugs, uh, it's being you know, criminals, it's being uneducated, us being unable to uh, hold intellectual conversations or have thoughts, opinions, uh, being rude, disrespectful, mean. You know, and that's just that's just not the case. Uh, we are deeper. We have goals that we like to achieve. A lot of us have never been in trouble. Uh, a lot of us try just to, you know, go to work and do the right things. So this is just this whole goal of this podcast is just try to uh, even a playing field, for lack of a better term. Uh, like a lot of times I watch TV. Well, I don't even watch TV anymore, honestly. But if you just turn on television, if you still do watch television, you get to see a lot of different things. And it's like, uh, this is garbage. This is not what it means to be black. This is not what it means to be a black male. You know, not all black men are just dress up with their pants hanging down. And not all black men just walk around use profanity and mean mugging and wanting to fight. That's just, that's just not it. You know, so. I also am of a pan-African mindset, so. I feel like the only way that, you know, you get to change uh, media is by doing it yourself. We can go ahead and complain all we want about how we're, you know, depicted on television and in movies and in radio, but uh, those uh, industries are not ours. And if we want to change the narrative, we want to change the rhetoric, then we have to build those industries on our own. So hopefully this will be the start of something much bigger. Uh... Not that necessarily I'll be blowing up much bigger, but, you know, it's just an idea. Hopefully it'll inspire somebody to do bigger and better things than I possibly can do. So that's what you can look forward to in the podcast. I plan to have weekly guests from different aspects of uh, who do different things as far as work is, is concerned. Me, personally, I uh, have a bachelor's degree in psychology. I uh, just earned it couple of months ago actually so pretty excited about that but right now I'm working in human services uh, it's a really rewarding field honestly and it's in that field where you get to see all different types of people you get to hear their stories get to see their ups their downs their highs their lows you to see everything so before with this episode like I said uh, I want to talk a little bit about myself so you know exactly and you get an idea of who I am and uh, how we got to this point. Currently, I'm 33 years old, you know, married 14 years, got an 8-year-old daughter, you know. Uh, honestly, it's it's been a long, weird journey. Uh, one of the things that, you know, we don't talk about as African-American men uh, is our battles with depression. So it's something that's been hidden. It's a hidden secret. I mean, we all know that. You know, black men, if you're out there and listen, listen, man, we all know that we go through depression. But, we, you know, we don't come out just for the fear of being stereotyped and uh, 
labeled as weak. It's really because we don't want to be labeled weak. You know, for a long time, uh, mental health has been considered a weakness. Nobody ever really, when it comes to sickness, mental health is like, like the last, it's like the bottom of the barrel, mainly because you can't see it. Uh, it's like a, one of those, uh, it's like out of sight, out of mind type thing. So if you see somebody who's handicapped, well, you're like, oh, well, that guy's handicapped. If you see somebody battling cancer, you're like, oh, wow, that guy has cancer. Like, I feel bad for him. Somebody's depressed, it's all mental. Will yourself out of your week. You're weak, you're a punk. Man up. I can't count how many times I've heard the term man up through my life. But um, despite what we all want to believe, yes, black men do suffer from depression. Um, real quick, um, I worked in a mental health hospital for up until October. I've been working there for about two years. And during that time period, you know, you see a lot. Um, you see a lot of people for battle on a lot of different uh, diseases. Uh, and I was surprised to see how many um, black men were actually there uh, to get help. Uh, it's, it's weird because a lot of times when you have conversations with them, you hear the same thing that, you know, you were battling, I was battling this for X, X amount of years. And, you know, I let nobody believe me or, you know, I was considered weak or, you know, if you come from an overly religious family, you know, it's just the devil playing his tricks and being busy and all you need to do is submit your life to God and, you know, then, and, you know, it'll end. But what happens when you, you submit your life to God and then, you know, you're still battling the negative thoughts, the negative feelings, the hurt, the pain, the, uh, not being able to enjoy life, being self-critical, being paranoid. What happens in those moments, you know? So is it, so which one is it? Is it that, uh, you know, is, am I weak? Or, I mean, I gave my life to God, like you said, but I'm still feeling this way. So is, has God failed me? Or, you know, is it not that simple? And the answer clearly is just not that simple. I think a lot of times because mental health is such a complex field uh, and so many different variables, uh, and no one actually goes through it the same way. It's just easy to put a quick band-aid and say that God will fix it. The Lord will fix it, especially in black communities, mainly because we have a, a better understanding uh, so, somewhat of God than we do mental health, which, I mean, I, I'm a man of faith as well, but it'd be foolish for me to say that uh Let's put it like this. No one goes to a doctor, gets a diagnosis of cancer, and it says, well, well, God's going to heal you. Just, that's it. Just go home and lie down and just have faith. No, you go to the doctor. You go get treatment. You go get the surgery, get the tumor removed. You go through chemotherapy. And yes, when you go through the processes, you know, and then with faith, yes, you will be healed. But just sitting there doing nothing and just waiting for God to heal you is just ridiculous. He's not a genie, you know? And I think a lot of times people consider God to be a genie. Not the way it kind of works. So me personally, I actually uh, started dealing with depression at the age of 13. I was in junior high when I remember I started to get it. I mean, I wasn't 
I wasn't a popular guy, honestly, but, you know, whatever. It's an awkward, 13 years old is it's like an awkward age. And when I was working at the mental hospital, uh, you see the teenagers and then you really get to see how awkward we actually were. You know, when you're going through it, you don't really understand how awkward you are, but you go and you're like, oh, yeah. That was a weird phase. So, yeah, I started uh, actually going through it at the age around 13, 12, 13. Can't remember. All around was I was in seventh grade, definitely. Had a little incident, a little spat, got embarrassed uh, in public. And then the next thing I know, I fall completely into depression that lasts for years. Now, was it, was it that one incident that caused me to be depressed? No, but that's the earliest memory I have of actually being depressed. Um, during that time, I was actually a decent student. I um, got pretty good grades. And then, like, I don't know where when the depression hit, my grades went to... They didn't... I didn't become a, I didn't become a failure. I went from being a good student to just a student. Uh, a lot of that came from, like, the inability to focus, the spouts of sleeping and then not sleeping randomly, uh, not being able to hold my attention. And then, like, the just uh, ever, like, episodes of sadness where you just can't do anything. I remember there were a couple of times I was held out of school for like a week because I just physically could not do it. My body gave up on me. The depression really smacked me around. Um, and nobody knew. Well, like, as far as family, I don't think anybody... No, I know for a fact nobody knew it was depression. You know, because... Was it that you hear when you're young? Or the wizard that we a lot of us tell younger kids? Or that we heard over it's been said to us? Like, uh, what do you got to be depressed about? You're only X, Y, and Z. You're only, trust me, guys. Um, I see I see it all the time. I worked with kids from the age of 12 to 17. Yes, children go through depression. It has nothing to do with how life is. It's just one of those things. But a lot of us have to realize is that depression isn't just, oh, I feel sad. It's not like I feel sad about life. It's nothing's going on. Nothing's happening, and I just feel miserable. I just feel sad. And a lot of times... It's a chemical imbalance. So it's it's literally a uh, uh, a health crisis that should be treated as such with anybody. Uh, this is not somebody willing or like, oh, yeah, this, no. Nobody goes into a depression just for shits and giggles. Excuse my French. Uh, and a lot of times what I, I noticed and what I talked to patients, it was, you know, my parents don't believe I could be depressed. My parents don't believe I can be depressed. Nobody believes I'm depressed. You know? And that's difficult. Because I think that a lot of times, as far as looking back, if I could have got some help earlier on, maybe, not that I have a bad life, but maybe things could have went a little bit differently. Maybe it would have been a little easier. And I'm somebody who tries to pride myself on trying to make the best decisions at all times. And I think through that, that, you know, while, you know, I had a bumpy road, I think I've made some decent decisions haven't made bad decisions you may have made miscalculations but not I wouldn't necessarily say it's bad unfortunately there are a lot of people who for various reasons a lot of times it is mental health and emotional distress things like that they do make poor decisions and it's only really by the grace of God that I didn't make a, a completely dumb decision and ruined my whole life um, 
but yeah, so in my high school, I went and uh, the only school, I actually was doing okay in most of my classes except science and with the science, that was really a combination of the depression and me honestly just being lazy. I was never really that big on uh, the science, you know. Anybody who may be listening to this saying you went to Boys and Girls High School in New York City, you remember lab reports. Those were the worst. So <laughs> I failed because of lab reports, just not doing them. Like I said, I'm not going to blame everything on the depression. That would be disingenuous to me. Part of it was I was just completely lazy. All apart, yeah, I didn't have energy. Well, with the lab reports, no, I, was just, I just didn't want to do it. I'm not going to lie to you. I just didn't want to do it with the lab reports. So that was that. Um, but yeah, every, in every other aspect, uh, it was okay, but it was still hard to manage. You know, like I said, I missed a couple of weeks out of school here and there. Like I missed a week here and I missed a week there just because my body would just give out on me. And I think that a lot of times people don't realize that depression has so many different aspects to it. It's not just a, you're in a mental distress. You are, uh, has physical attributes as well. Uh, like the lack of eating or the overeating. The lack of sleeping or oversleeping. You know, not, um, let's say lack of hygiene, which I can attest to. Yes, there have been times where I've gone a couple of days without showering. I think the most I've ever done is three to four. I think I've gone three to four days without taking a shower. And three to four, about three or four without brushing my teeth. And I have no, and that's how I know when a real heavy, Episode is about to come because I noticed my hygiene starts to go down, and that took a long time for me to like put the dots together. I actually had to start like pursuing my education in psychology to actually catch it, and that's part of part of the reason why I did go down the road of psychology is just to get a better understanding of what I was actually dealing with. Um, so I graduate um, high school, you know, I make it out on time. It was a concern that I'm, I was concerned I went, but. Uh, looking back, I wasn't in any real jeopardy. I think that was just my mom playing tricks on me as far as the part of depression went. Um, you know, I met my wife when we were in high school. She had her own things going on, which I want to learn about until a little bit later. Um, we got married uh, what, in 2007, so it was like two years right after high school. Um, joined the Navy uh, and it was there at the Navy when I started I got a real clear idea of what was actually happening that's when it really kind of almost like took off full blown was there anything about the Navy in particular? no it just so happened that I had an episode uh, up until the time I uh, joined the Navy I had no idea what the hell was going on with me as far as why I would have why I would be so down and because I didn't know that at the time we're talking about 2000 we're talking about 2001 to 2000 yeah it was early in the 2000s you know I didn't have a real uh, an idea of what depression was you hear somebody's depressed or they're dealing with depression you think oh they're just sad they're just sad all the time like you don't really understand how deep it actually goes so I thought I would just have depressive you know I'd just be filled down for a week uh, but actually it was longer than a week. I thought I just kind of functioned for only a week, but, I, you know, this was just my normal thing. And, you know, you talk to people, and they, you know, they tell you, you know, just have faith in God, things like that. So that's what I really started to believe that it was just, um, you know, the devil playing tricks with me. 
you know, it's just a spiritual battle, which to a certain extent it, it kind of is, but at the same time, it's not everything. Um, that's once again me just being a man of faith, but um, not too severe, too much off track. Um, so up to that time, I didn't actually know what was going on. I didn't know. I didn't have an idea of the name. Um, so I got to I got close, pretty close to graduation week. Um, uh, in the Navy, getting ready to move on, and I came across a, a a bad episode, man. And how I came across that is, you know, that's wrong for a completely separate episode. For let's say for right now, um, I ran across a, a really bad episode of. Depression and having at the worst possible time, so uh, I went and seen a doctor, talked to him. I really was just going to talk just so he could tell me everything's gonna be okay and you'll be fine, and you know, I'll continue. And I was shocked to hear that he was like, Hey, what you're dealing with is uh, a medical condition, you're, you're clinically depressed, uh, and we're gonna separate you from the Navy. So I knew I was, dep- I knew I was going through something, okay, here I have. A term, uh, I have a name. It's, it's depression. Um, okay, so, but I was not expecting <laughs> whatsoever that he'd be like, "Yeah, hey, we're gonna we're gonna send you home. You, you can't stay." So that was a punch in the gut, and it didn't really help matters too much for me uh, either. So that was weird. Uh, and for a long time, I remember when I came back home, people would ask. You know, what happened? Why didn't you stay? What happened? And I was so embarrassed to say, hey, I had a depressive episode. And I, for, I don't know. I just cracked it. You know, it was, bad. It was that time of year, whatever the case may be. Uh, I just made up an excuse about getting hurt. Hey, I got hurt. Got sent home. Hey, I hurt my back. Which I do have back pains. I, that, that, I've always had back pains. But that wasn't the reason why I got discharged. My back had nothing to do with it. It was depression caught up with me at the worst possible time. So needless to say, with that um, experience behind me as far as in that my military career, that didn't help things. I further went into uh, a depression. I got a job working for an elect- uh, a retail store that's no longer in existence. Uh, a good friend of mine, uh, Scooter Sharon. He got me a job there, you know, because I'm married, <laughs> just left the military, didn't have much money, coming out with no real plan, you know. Um, so that was that was tough, and you know the job started off okay, but you know you know you want more, and I think that has black men, we need to actually start telling our young brothers, our sons and sisters and things like that that. Um, Life is a marathon. It is not a sprint. If you think that you are going to be well off in a four or five bedroom apartment or house by the age of 25. Boy, I got I got something to tell you. It's, it may not happen that way. It can happen. Sure. It can happen. Very well can happen. Is it likely? No. No. I think that sometimes we can dream too big and then when we don't. Our life doesn't live up to those dreams that we have. We start beating ourselves up, and uh, so uh, like if you if you're listening, you got sons, you got uh, you got kids in general, man. Let them know, like, listen, you're not gonna be rich at 22. It's I mean, it's possible. It's just not likely. You know, 
a lot of things have to fall on. The average person will not be filthy rich or well off um, at the at the age of 22 or whatever the case may be. That's just not gonna happen, you know. You may, like I say, you join the military at early, you're gonna earn this decent living, you know. But that's not for everybody. Look at me; it didn't work out for me. Um, so I had to go back out into the workforce, and a lot of times when you, uh, we all know this. Uh, you're fresh out of high school, you're ready to start college. You're gonna get the worst jobs. That's let's just be honest. It is what it is. You're gonna get crappy jobs. And living in New York City, I mean, I've been out of there ten years already. But even back then, living in New York City with a, a minimum wage job ain't cutting it. You know, that's just not. It ain't it. It's not gonna happen. You know. Uh, so you know, I um. I went, and, you know, my aunt and uncle, God bless them, they allowed me to rent um, a little studio in their house that they just got. And for the record, um, if they're listening to this, um, I, as a matter of fact, to everybody, you know, to to everybody who has ever encountered me, um, I never really hated anybody, you know. It was just that depression was had me in a very, very dark place where I couldn't communicate. And I didn't know how to communicate. Um, but, yeah, I know there's sometimes, I'm not going to, I was an absolute jerk. But I wasn't intentionally a jerk. It was just that I was just lost. Not to make an excuse, because I was still a horrible jerk. So they probably thought that I was just being a dick, which I was. But um, it wasn't anything personal. It wasn't anything like I hated them, anything like that. I actually appreciated them. Um, but like I said, man... Uh, you're in a dark place and you, life is not going the way you think. You start taking out on the world, whether you mean to or not. So, but good, I, I have much appreciation for my aunt and uncle. You know, let me and my wife rent that uh, studio apartment uh, from them. Uh, but nevertheless, the depression continued. Um, and then a couple of things happened. I moved out. Thought we had. Uh, some things lined up. That didn't work out. And you know, when things don't work out, what happens? You start beating yourself up and that doesn't help with the depression. And uh wound up moving to where I am right now, South Carolina. Shout out to my grandparents for their help with the transition, you know. As far as academics, uh I did go to college. Notice if you for paying attention. Uh, you know, so I graduated, I said I graduated in 2005. Uh, I got my bachelor's degree in 2020. I finally completed the program. So to everybody who thinks it's too late and you're too, you know, life is over. It's not, please just keep pushing. Um, there's a lot of start and stop pushes for me. And that's mainly because I just can't do it. I was forcing myself to try to do something that I just, at the time, I could not. My mind and my body would not allow me to actually uh, make it. I just kind of pushed through. Um, I I did graduate from Toro University in 2011 uh, with an associate's degree. Um, And that was pretty, like, I, I did those two years, two and a half years straight. There was no issues. I was actually took pride in it and you know uh, but when I moved to South Carolina I went to the University of South Carolina in Columbia 
Uh, and that didn't go well. It didn't go well for me academically at all because um, it was just too much. And now that I, I found out that I was also dealing with uh, ADD, which is actually a, it was a dual diagnosis. At one point, uh, I found out in the Navy, they told me I had depression. And then it was many years later where I found out that I was also suffering from ADD, which explained a lot of things. Uh, so it's a, it was a situation where it's a dual diagnosis. I found them like half and half. I found a one point, one at one point and the second one at another. So that makes sense as far as why I was also struggling uh, at uh, the University of South Carolina in Columbia. But also I think that's the type of person I am. Um, and I think the ADD could kind of explain it. I'm sorry that this needs to be in a small setting. I think that it was a situation where it was just too many, like, you, you guys, if you've been to an away college, you've been to a university, you know about, you know about the lecture halls. There's like 100 people in there. That's just too much. It was too much stimulation. So uh, that's one thing. So um, so I, once I, the one thing that positive happened, because like I said, my grades stunk at in the University of South Carolina. Um, I did start to get um, help, mental help, mental health help, excuse me. Um, from one of their counselors. And the funny thing is, the first, like, three weeks, like, I didn't say anything. The first three sessions, I didn't say anything, really. She was sitting and she was talking. We would sit there in silence a lot of times. And she would ask me questions, and I would just give, like, a yes or no answer or generic answer and not really, not really knowing how to express myself, you know? And, you know, I got to, like, a, a month, and it was, like, four sessions. I was going, like, once a week. And, you know, she's asked, she's like, well, do you think this is working? Like, you know, it's been like a month and, you know, and I was just like, you know, yeah. And I don't know, for some reason, she asked me that question because I think she was about to give up. And, you know, for whatever reason, I just opened up and we actually started having like conversations and talking and talking things that I was let her know about my life and what goes on in my mind and different things like that and my experiences. And it was a positive experience. It was a very, very positive experience. And I kept it going. I kept going. I kept going. Even though my grades were stinking in the, the, uh, in college at the, at the university, uh, my therapy sessions were going good. That was the one positive thing I could take out of it, you know. Um, I wound up, you know, getting my grades. Uh, it's like a, it's like an academic forgiveness. Like, hey, you have a medical condition. Because that medical condition, you suck. So it's the it's like a dean's exception. The dean will wipe out your grades. So I got that done, and then I, you know I try to continue, but my grades continue to suck. So eventually I just turned around and left. Uh, yeah, we just I just said you know what this is not the right time for me. You know I'm struggling. Uh, and then we were expecting me and my wife were expecting uh, our daughter too. So you know I'm working a job with the same with the same company I just transferred. Uh, with the same uh, retail store. It's dead end. It's not going anywhere. They suck. They're out of business now. And I told everybody they'd be out of business when I was even working there because it made no sense the way they did business. But that's neither here nor there. I remember... Um, I remember praying to God, like, listen, God, <laughs> like, I am married um, in South Carolina, in South Carolina. I got a baby coming up, and I'm working a dead-end job. This job sucks. I cannot support my family with this job. 
I need your help. You gotta help me. You know, that was probably that was one of the real first prayers. I didn't even I didn't go through the whole religious spiel of like the formal prayer. I just really just drove in the car and talked to God on my way home from somewhere. And um, yeah, we uh, let's just say that prayer got answered, and we can actually get more into that during the next episode. Um, like I said. Hopefully this is going to be an ongoing uh, thing. I just want to let the first couple of episodes, I wanted to let you know a little bit about me and my story. And then we'll reach out to some other guests and different guys I've met along the way and uh, different interviews and have a conversations. We'll be talking about life, psychology, different academic subjects, society as a whole, parenting, fatherhood, uh, just a lot of different things. So... Hopefully you'll be along with me for the ride. I appreciate your time. uh, And I look forward to talking to you once again. uh, Thank you for joining for the Forward Thinkers podcast. I look forward to talking to you guys again. Take care.